0: On this week's podcast, we have future Olympic athlete, Michael Naswatsky. Since 2018, Michael has been on Canada Snowboard's Next Gen program for alpine snowboarding. We talk with Michael about his past results in the sport and what he is currently doing to make the 2026 Winter Olympics. Stay tuned. My name is Andrew Robertson, and this is Mixed Movements All Talk. When you were selected to be on the Ontario provincial alpine team for 2014, 2015, 2016 and 2017. Yeah. What's it like for you to be selected to that at that age?
1: I mean, it it was cool cuz like I mean, I grew up at Beaver Valley racing and doing just smaller, you know, Ontario races and stuff. Uh but then, you know, getting onto a provincial team, um, you know, you kind of feel like you've not made it, but like you're moving somewhere.
0: 2018, you were selected to be on the next gen team for Canada Snowboard.
1: Yeah. What is
0: the next gen team?
1: Yeah, so the next gen team is part of the national team. but uh, okay. It's aimed at competing instead of on the World Cups, it's aimed at more competing on the NORAM level, introducing us to World Cups. Um, so, kind of the one step between uh, like the provincial program and the full blown national team.
0: Do you find, being on that team, that it's a good building block?
1: You know, they know we're not the best yet. They're trying to give us opportunities to, you know, get better uh, and hopefully get on the national team eventually. Who are the coaches right now that you uh, have working with you? Right now, it's Hannes, probably going to butcher his last name, Schlechner He is uh, from Italy and is in Italy right now, and he was our uh, – coach at the World Cups this year. I worked a lot with him when I was in Europe. Um, And then Jan Wengland, who lives in BC, and he helps us out at the NORAM level and some World Cups.
0: First FIS event start, so for yourself, was Men's Parallel Slalom. It was on November 18th, 2015. So you're 15 years old, and you do your first start. Are you intimidated at all, or are you just extremely excited just to be there?
1: I I think it was a little bit of both. I mean, once again, I had a lot of my friends there, uh, who were kind of all in this experience together. Our first, you know, Noram race. Um, a lot of those like big names. When I look back on it, I didn't even know. But now looking back, I'm like, whoa, those were some fast guys.
0: So would you say that a lot of the
1: way you've been enjoying the
0: sport is that fact that there's a lot of friends in it for you?
1: Totally. That's I, I wouldn't stay in it unless, you know, I had friends in it and, uh, Got a big group of them, which is great.
0: With everyone trying to compete against each other, do you still find that in the sport there is still that huge camaraderie of friendship outside of the, the moment of the race?
1: My best races are racing like some of the guys I know the best. I mean, there's obviously tension while you're racing, uh, but after it's great to like, you know, be able to talk about it and have fun.
0: Because we're talking about a couple terms that some people might not know. So parallel slalom, yeah. or parallel giant slalom. What does that mean?
1: Parallel Giant Slalom, um, it's a snowboard race through gates like ski racing. You go head to head. So there's one red course, one blue course, and they're identical courses. And you basically qualify uh, by going down each course. And then the top 16 get to go race head to head in the afternoon. Kind of the, the real race. And then it's one versus 16 and first one to the bottom wins.
0: So when you say the real race, you're basically referring to the morning is qualification. You're trying yes. to move on to the afternoon, and yeah. now you've achieved the afternoon. If, if you've got the ability to make that happen, Yeah, that's when it's time to go for the podium.
1: Yeah, yeah. So GS, longer gates, faster, and then slalom, tighter gates, more technical. That's the only difference.
0: There would be more gates in a slalom course yes. with the same distance of terrain than there would be on a GS course. Yeah. Now, what is a NORAM, for those we who have- may not know?
1: NORAM is the North American Cup, uh, a series of races. I think we have seven plus this year. Uh, And basically that's kind of the uh, step before the World Cup. Um, And if you're in the the top three overall, so your points get, you know, uh, accumulated over the season, you've got your own personal spot on the World Cup, as well as, you know, qualification for like national team and stuff. So it's kind of, you need to go to those races to move up.
0: So you can't just show up to a World Cup then?
1: You, you can't, no. So the, uh, each country gets a certain amount of uh, quota spots. And obviously, the best riders in each country get the spot and get the race.
0: First NORAM podium, okay? Men's Parallel GS, December 9th, 2017. So you're 17 years old. We've just talked about how important a NORAM yeah. is. You've now just achieved a podium. What's that like?
1: Yeah, I remember that. That was my first, that was the first race of the year. And uh, I was kind of like blown away by what happened. I've been training all summer in Chile uh, and you don't really know where you are until the first race of the season, right? Totally. Um, so yeah, it was awesome. I was, I was blown away by it.
0: It's hard to start the snowboard season early because of the lack of snow. So December, how much time were you on snow even before that?
1: I mean, we go to Chile for two, three weeks, have a couple days there, but that's in August. Uh, And then there's a big break. And then we probably only have five to 10 days on snow before the first race.
0: January 3rd, 2018, you're 17 years old at this point. You became the youngest person to win a Noram Parallel GS.
1: That was, uh, I mean, that was, it was my first win on an RM, which was pretty insane. Um, once again, it was against my, one of my good friends in the sport and we got to do it together. Um, he was actually the one who told me I was the youngest to win the PGS because he actually is the youngest to win the slalom.
0: When, uh, when does he come over and say, hey man, you're also the youngest to ever do this?
1: I don't know. I think it took us like a bit of digging into the fists, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The to results it for it sure. Uh, I didn't do that. He did it. He likes doing that, and uh, I don't know when. Yeah.
0: We can only enter the event at fifteen. Yeah. So you mean you're basically two years into competing, and now you've just achieved the ability as youngest person to win yes. against a lot of people. So big props on that. Your first fist junior world championships podium up against all the other 15 to 19 year olds in the world
1: mm-hmm.
0: you've podiumed in parallel slalom Yep. april 3rd 2019 so at this point you're still 18 years old yeah and this was in Slovenia. yeah what's that like to be was, get at your first podium
1: it was it was incredible like it was one of my best days in snowboarding that was my first real like finals and everything in europe uh the day before didn't go too well um and it was kind of, it was the last race of the year and i was just you know i wanted to go for it and uh everything just pretty much went to plan until the last race
0: going all the way over to sylvania you have to eat properly get yourself prepared to show up and do that i mean that's that's a pretty remarkable ability for you to be able to achieve that
1: yeah be, it's It's taken some time to, you know, get used to being over in Europe and experiencing different things, not knowing the language. And,
0: yeah. First World Cup start. So, obviously, you know, you've just done the Junior Worlds. You've placed second. The following season. So, this is now 2019, right? So, basically, not even a whole year because you're in April. Yeah. now into January 2019, January 8th. You're in Austria. You do your first World Cup start. That what is that? Yeah.
1: It was it was crazy. I mean, that that hill is it's very steep. Um, okay. it's at night, there's lights, there's a huge crowd. It's it's probably my favorite World Cup event of the year. Um and I was I was freaking out. Like <laughs> It was it was very nerve-wracking being at the top of such a steep hill. Um all these people who I know are very fast. Um I don't know any of them and just pulling out of the start gate like the like a like flashbang went off and I was just I saw nothing. It was all it was all a blur. I don't remember the run whatsoever.
0: <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Now that race is it during the nighttime? Is that what
1: you said? It it it, it the uh, the qualifying is in the afternoon evening-ish, and then uh, it you race at night. Yeah, if you make it, that's kind of neat under the lights. There's a big party going on at the bottom. It's awesome.
0: So would you say that the amount of fans that can come out to a World Cup event, specifically let's speak of Europe, yeah, is, is it is it huge? Like, do you get a ton of people?
1: I I wouldn't call it huge. Um it, it's definitely surprising. Like people, I mean, I don't know if they're watching me, but they're watching the you know, the top competitors race and there's there's a lot of people.
0: You finished third overall in NORAM points, so cumulative points in 2018-2019 yeah. season.
1: With that, I got my own spot and was able to to use it and go over to Europe and race as much as I can and in Canada because we had a race there. When you say you got to use your own spot, what do you mean by yeah. that? Uh, so, with the top three, uh, okay. overall, you're allowed to, well, you get your own personal spot. So, it can't okay. be given to anyone else. Um, it's not from your country. It's yours uh, that you can use and race whenever you want at a World Cup um, for that one year. And that allowed me to go to uh, most of the races and get experience. And uh, Does that also give you... Free flights to these races? It does not. <laughs> what about accommodations? No, uh, nope. Food? Nope. Lift tickets? Mm, nope.
0: <laughs> okay, so you've basically been given the opportunity of some people could think of a lifetime to race at a World Cup. Yeah, but it doesn't come free.
1: It does not. No, a lot of a lot of it we're paying out of our own pocket. Um, I mean, we do depending on who you are and how well you've done. Uh, You get, you know, certain grants and stuff from the government, whether that be province national or the national government. Um, You know, I have a few smaller sponsors of family, friends and stuff, uh, but nothing to really, you know, I'm not, I'm not making money. (laughs) You know, it's such a
0: hard decision. I mean, you probably just achieved something you've, you've wanted. And then you start to try and put the numbers together. What's it cost for me to fly to this country? What's it cost for me to fly to that country? And so forth. Is there, are you obligated to go to every event?
1: You're not. Uh, I mean, it's in your best interest too. I mean, I'm kind of in, still in the stage of getting experience so that I can perform in the future. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tough financially going everywhere and competing.
0: No, and it's a good question to ask because some people may go on and they may watch the amount of sponsorships that could be available to some of the athletes we know a lot of, right? Mark Mm -hmm. McMorris being one of them. And it's it's, could I say that it's not the same between slope-style aspect of our sport and alpine snowboarding?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, alpine snowboarding is kind of a smaller niche sport and um, it doesn't really have the presence in like, you know, normal news and stuff like slope style or halfpipe does. Um, so yeah, we're not, we're not shown to the public quite as much.
0: What's it like for you to just get on a, an Alpine snowboard. Some people would call it a hardboard and, and just go and do turns.
1: It's, it's great. I mean, some of my favorite days, snowboarding are at Beaver Valley when it's sunny. You're with your friends and you're just turning just all day. Um, it's it's great. It's great. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. I do like, you know, riding a a normal snowboard, a softboard. At the same time, I love being able to, you know, turn and like use the equipment to my advantage. And
0: yeah. I remember I talked to you once and you said to me how hard you've worked, how tiring it can be, and days where you just kind of want to take a rest. Yeah, And you go, you know what? At the end of the day is, I love turning around gates.
1: Definitely, yeah. I mean, I I don't think there's many or any Alpine snowboarders doing it for the money.
0: (laughs) We're going to move on a couple more results. We've got finished second during the 2020 Canada Nationals parallel slalom. So that's number two in Canada as of this year, Mm because the event was March 3rd at Blue Mountain Resort. Now that's that's also an interesting time, March 3rd, because we're we are now just before a lot of things happened. But yeah. speaking to March 3rd itself and being second overall for Parallel Solum, what's that like?
1: It was, it was awesome. I mean, that was the like, fourth day in a row of racing during the World Cup and then two days of Nationals. Um, the snow was terrible. Uh, the weather wasn't the best. Uh, and that's kind of when I really, really like it. When there's deep ruts, the snow's soft not fun for most people
0: when you say a deep rut what are you referring to when you say so that? So
1: around the gate when it's all chewed up it was soft snow boards dig in and create like a almost a berm a little hole
0: yeah and you got to somehow be able to manage yourself going in and then get out you can imagine
1: yeah. that as the day goes on
0: that just becomes tougher
1: yeah it it gets yeah depending on the day but for the most part yeah the snow gets choppier the poles and ruts get bigger Um, and you get more tired after doing, you know, long, more runs, run after run. You have 12 Noram podium finishes
0: so far in your career. You have two gold, six silver and four bronze.
1: I didn't know those numbers. That's cool.
0: (laughs) What are some of the routines that you do to try to maintain the ability to achieve some of these results?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's tough. It's tough to, you know, get the motivation. <laughs> right now, uh, especially because I can't, I can't go to the, my gym, which I would have been like three, four times a week. When it's when it's nice out, I get out and ride my bike as much as I can. I love being able just riding through the trees, you know, going down j- over jumps and whatnot. Um, going out for a two-hour ride, coming back and feeling tired, and you don't want to do anything else. I, lo- I love that feeling, um, and I think. Huge part of it is there's lots of crossover in terms of the turning and maneuvering the bike over to snowboarding. Like it's the same kind of overall idea for the angles and stuff, turning a bike as well as turning a snowboard. Um, and you just get that that you know rush of like going fast through a turn uh, in, in biking the same as you do in a snowboard. It's difficult to like just get the motivation and figure out why you're doing this like why you're getting off the couch and you know working um when everything right now kind of seems so far away yeah uh, because there's no there's no scheduled races or anything coming up um and we don't really know when they will come um but you just need to kind of wrap your head around the idea that like you know i need to do this to get better i believe it was march
0: 12th there was a notice that went out from our national body, Canada Snowboard, followed by our provincial body, Ontario Snowboard, that said all sanctioned events within the country of Canada were gonna be suspended. Yeah. At that time, I, were you home or were you away?
1: I I don't know the exact dates, but when, before this all went down, we kind of went, we well we went to Europe to finish yeah. off the, the last of the season. Um, and at that point, everything was still kind of on. Uh, we went to a, a Europa Cup in Austria, raced there, and then uh, yeah, we had to come home because everything was kind of, you know, shutting down. Um, and we figured out Junior Worlds was canceled, and all the rest of the World Cups were canceled. So uh, we had to cut the season like a month, a month short.
0: What does that do for you? Like, how do you prepare yourself? Or whenever we can get back on snow?
1: Um, you know, like I'm, I'm hoping to be able to get back on snow in Chile this August. that would be our, the next time I can do it. I mean, it's looking unlikely right now, but I'm hoping for the best. Um, and, you know, just keeping busy and getting like as fit as I can uh, in the meantime uh, and just waiting for the next time to get on snow and start training again.
0: Thank you so much for Thank taking you. some time to spend it with us and chat about how, you're, you know, how you achieved all these great goals.
1: Yeah, no worries. Thanks, man.
0: Follow Michael's journey towards the 2026 Winter Olympics on CanadaSnowboard.ca or Instagram at MikeyNaz00. Remember to head over to MixMovements.com for our upcoming events, camps, and program information. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Jiffy, and watch our videos on YouTube. My name is Andrew Robertson, and this is Mixed Movements All Talk.